Hey everybody, Jake here. Just a quick note. In in this episode, we mentioned childrensbookpro.com. It's a it's a course that we are uh, launching um, this week, actually, the week this episode drops. And I just want you to go check out childrensbookpro.com to see if this is something for you. If it's if you're wanting to illustrate children's books professionally, this is the most comprehensive illustration course on the internet, 10 weeks long. Um, and uh, we've just, from everybody who's taken it last year, we've gotten such uh, positive feedback for it. So I just want to let you know about that. I'm not going to talk about it. We, we do talk about it later in the episode, but I just wanted to start this episode letting you know about it so that, um, uh, you know, this didn't get lost in the noise to go to childrensbookpro.com. All right, let's get right into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Three Point Perspective, the podcast about illustration, how to do it, how to make a living at it, and how to make an impact in the world with your art. I'm Jake Parker. I'm Lee White. And I'm Will Terry, and all three of us are professional illustrators. We've all illustrated for all the major publications in the business. We've all taught illustration at different art schools, university art schools, and uh, together we've published somewhere around 75 children's books. That is correct. Each week we take questions from you guys that you can send in if you have other questions and ask us. Um, we try to answer them as best we can. Sometimes we argue. Sometimes we agree. But every time you're going to learn something brand spanking new. Brand spanking new. All right. So um, let's really get down to, to business here. This is going to be an interesting episode, unlike an episode we've done in a while in which we do kind of a deep dive. We're not answering questions. Uh, we're, we're, we're essentially want to answer the one question, where do I fit in the children's book landscape? Right. And, um, and, uh, and so, Will, this is sort of your show. You, you're, you're, we're just going to follow your lead because this is based off of a YouTube series that he made. Uh, if you mm-hmm. go on YouTube, uh, Will's YouTube channel, there's a, a, a list of six videos, seven videos, where he kind of breaks this down, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that here, kind of get a three point perspective on it. Uh, but yeah, what why the what's the reason for this? Why even um, try to answer this question? Because this this had to start somewhere. Well, first off, I have to say this has been my life's dream, where both of you are here, kind of at my beck and call. Yeah, so tell us, Will Terry, tell us what to do. How do we do what? We, how do we do what you do, and what you think? Kind of about feeling that. a little bit important today, so I'm gonna just kind you of you know, every every chase dog that. has his day. <laughs> every clock is right at least once a day. This is gonna be the longest podcast right. we've ever done. <laughs> oh, All right. Okay, so here's what happened. Here's what's been happening. Um, I. As, as many of, of our um, people that are, you guys that are listening, uh, we're all illustrators for the most part. Most of us are. And a lot of us are children's book illustrators. And one thing that we've, we've come to experience is that when someone finds out that we illustrate children's books, they immediately, it's like a word vomit. They can't help it. They just go, blah, will you illustrate my book, you know, without thinking, without, you know without understanding, having any understanding, um, of what we do. And, um, 
it, it's it's always an awkward, somewhat awkward conversation because you're you're in this position of having to educate this person who they 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 just found out you're an illustrator, so they can't possibly know what your style looks like, right? Mm-hmm. And they <laughs> don't know if you're good. <laughs> you're just anybody will do, right? Like I basically, it makes us feel like, um, you know, there's a leak in their pipe. And they just say, oh, you're a plumber. Can you come over and fix it? And not, not to knock plumbers at all, but pretty much I would guess that residential plumbers can all pretty much handle the same tasks and and do it mm-hmm. at about the same time and charge about the same amount of money. And sure, there are great plumbers and there are bad, crappy ones, <laughs> pun intended. Um, <laughs> but basically, they... For some reason, I would say that most people who don't know anything about illustration, they think that we're all interchangeable. They must because they just say, oh, well, you illustrate my book. So I made a video series for my YouTube channel about, I don't know, four or five years ago. And it was called Seven Reasons Why I Cannot Illustrate Your Children's Book. And it and it went through, you know, and I because I had I was having these conversations where like, so so what kind of, um, you know, what kind of book do you have? Well, you'll love my story. And anyway, we get into it and it's obviously, it's not a story that I would want to illustrate, but also they're, they have no idea how much illustrators need to make to right. pay the bills. So there's, they think that $500 is, is just a huge amount of money. Whereas they don't realize that I would admit, imagine that for most of us, it would take us three to four months to illustrate a book. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the so best you, case scenario. Yeah. So if you, if you take that into consideration and you say, well, you know, a, a low amount of money to make in a month is a couple thousand dollars in a month, then you'd need at least six to $8,000 to pay someone poorly to do a children's book. You know what I mean? Right. And, and they're, they don't have anywhere near that amount of money. I'm wondering too, if it's like they've seen some pretty crappy children's books like mm-hmm. books that were phoned in, mm-hmm. you know, you know, simple line stuff. And even, even simple books aren't phoned in, you know, there's a, there's a, there, there's a deception to it, but there's a range, there's a spectrum of books from right. really advanced illustration to very simple illustration and really crappy d- detailed advanced <laughs> illustration and very crappy uh, simple illustration, right? And you don't know what they've seen and what they think illustration is. But I, I like that point of view. Like hiring an illustrator isn't like having someone come in and fix your toilet. It's more like you know getting a group of you know a contractor together to like do an add-on on your house yeah. or to finish out the basement or to you know like it's a big project. It's a big you're project. Something you're creating something. That's right. And it's a creative project. And, and, and so they, they just don't know what they don't know, you know? Um, and so I, I created this video, seven reasons why I won't illustrate your children's book. And I went through things like, for instance, um, you know, um, I don't know if you're planning to hire a graphic designer. Do you even know how important good graphic design is? in a children's book, you know, and how vital that is to making a good book. I don't know if you are planning to use a vanity press or if you're planning to 
go to a to you know call up a printer and say, hey, I want to make a children's book. And, you know, I don't know if they know how much it costs. So I don't know if they're if the they had an idea like they've, they've poorly written this book. I don't know how good the book is. And I don't know if they um, have enough money to actually pay for printing. I don't know if they want a few books for their grandkids or if they want a few thousand books to sell on Amazon. I don't know um, if they're going to hire an editor. Or actually, you know, yeah, where they're actually going to sell the book. That's always my yeah, question where they're with that. Sell it's it. like, you got all these books? Okay. Making a book is actually pretty easy if you got enough money to do it. Right. It's where are you going to sell it? You know, and a lot of people have no answer for that. They haven't even thought about that part. And, and they don't realize what opportunity costs they're asking me to give up to work for them and to not work for a, a, a major publisher that I've worked for in the past, you know. Um they just don't so you know. guys know, uh, let's uh, go back just one second. Opportunity cost, we talk about it all the time, but just to refresh you guys, may not have heard of it. It's a really important term. Opportunity cost is when you say yes to one thing, that means you're saying no to everything else. Hmm. So you got to be careful with that because that is a very, very real cost. When you do something that pays low, doesn't help your career, you're now saying no to making new portfolio pieces that could actually help your career, writing your own book or doing a book for a real publisher. That's right. And they don't know that um, when you work for an actual, you know, children's book publisher, that there's a royalty deal involved, um, usually for most for most books. And so not only are you getting a, a higher advance than, than they can offer, but then you're also have the setting yourself up for the potential of getting royalties. Um, you know, you have a contract that you're working with that says, I'm going to do this and you're going to do that and you're responsible for this and I'm responsible for that. Um, and so it, it really is this weird, awkward conversation. So I made that video. I started sending it out. I made it to send it to people. I've, you know, I made it so that when, when people would say, will you illustrate my book? I'd say, well, watch this video first, you know, kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. So I would get either asked in person or I would get an email and then they would say, you know, I'd send them the video. And then their response was, you could have just said no, you know? <laughs> and, and it was like, it was like a 30 or 40 minute video. And I put a lot of thought and effort into it. And I thought they would be like, oh, I had no idea. This was my, you know, my stupid fantasy was they would go, now I know. <laughs> right. What, I know the errors in my ways and I, and, and I, you know. I am really serious though. And here's all the things that I've thought of to make this a good project. And here's why I think you'll like working on this project. I have X amount of dollars. I plan to use this graphic designer. I plan to use this editor. I plan to use this printer. I've researched the costs and this is how I'm going to pay for it all. And uh, of course that's never happened. I've never had anybody do that, right. but <laughs> This new series of videos that I just launched um, this week, which would be um, the second week of February in 2022, is it's a little more efficient and it's a, it's from a different perspective. Instead of the negative of this is why I won't illustrate your children's book, it's basically um, um, and actually, Jake, you came up with the title that I ended up using for that, which is Where Do You Fit Into the Children's Book Landscape, which I thought was a great title for it. Yeah, and, thank you, Will. Yeah. 
So I got to give you credit on that. Credits well, you're the one who made such good, you know, videos and had such a great idea. So <laughs> credit to you. I'm getting no credit here for credit what? for something. Who's that? Oh, Lee. Hey, Lee. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the first video. There's seven videos, but the first one is basically um, an introductory video, and it and it and it basically introduces the the series and then it says um you know and there i say if you're an author right Mm -hmm. and then under that it's like who wants to publish children's books for your kids and grandkids and family um and you need 500 copies or less then go to video two okay and then if you want to publish um, children's books to sell on social media amazon maybe even do a kickstarter so you're looking for maybe to sell 5,000 to 2,000 copies or more, go to video three and so on and so forth. So that's mm-hmm. that's basically how it's set up. And then the last video is um, I want to hire an illustrator or I want to learn. I'm an author and I want to learn how to hire an illustrator. And that's probably the most important video in the whole series um, uh, because it's basically everything that I think and I would love to get your feedback, those those of you who are listening, either on our YouTube channel or on on the the podcast or even on the, the actual videos that I that I uploaded on uh, YouTube. Which, by the way, I've invited um, illustrators to use these to send out. If you get asked to illustrate someone's book, that's really the purpose of it. Is you can then send them that first video. There's a playlist of seven videos, um, and they can they can send it to someone and they don't have to spend time watching an hour and a half of content. They can just watch the introductory video and then the video that gives them specific information on how to, mm-hmm. um, if they want to, for instance, um, video four is I'm an, I'm an author and I want to get my books published by an established publisher like Simon Schuster, Scholastic or Harper Collins, click on video four. Right. So, um, I don't know what you guys want to talk about, but to me, video, go ahead. ahead. Video seven to me is where I put the, it's the by far the longest one. And I think it would be the most interesting to the audience that's listening. Can you Um, just run down one to seven, what the different, what the different videos are, then we could talk about seven. So, so the first one is the intro. The second one is, you want to publish? I'll just make it quick. You want to publish children's books for your for your family. The second, okay, so that person is like amateur. It's a story that grandma's yeah. told, and let's just make a book for like family for family. Uh, you know, for for family history or something like that. Yeah. the 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 third video is basically people who have authored a book, and they and maybe it falls. It's a niche book and and a typical traditional publisher might not be interested in picking it up, but still mm-hmm. could, could sell quite a few copies. Um, and like I said, you could launch a Kickstarter with it or, or sell it on Amazon or something like that. Um, so that would be like, I've got an idea for um, people who raise chinchillas and this is a book for like chinchilla raising people. Yeah. Or anything, any children's book that is that the general uh, traditional publishers just aren't interested in for whatever reason. Mm. You know, it could be a very specific book on 
on an illness that kids get. Oh, like is, the one you did for for the hospital. Yeah, exactly. For okay. Merck. Yeah. Um, so that's video number three. Number four is I wanna I wanna make writing my career and I wanna write for, for big publishers. Um, number five is uh, I want to learn how to illustrate the stories that I've written. So it's an author wanting to learn how to be also illustrate their own books. Mm-hmm. Um, video number six is I'm an artist who wants to learn how to illustrate children's books. Mm-hmm. So not an author, just an artist. Um, and then what was interesting is <laughs> in one of the comments on the video that I read um, yesterday was someone saying, you missed a video. You should have done what I'm interested in is I'm an illustrator who wants to find an author, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> which and I and my response on that one was the best way to do that is to really just have a really good online presence with your have really good artwork, a good online or presence. Get a rep too. yeah, and get a rep and and then the authors will find you. You're right, either through a rep or or mm-hmm. they'll directly contact you because they're out there and they're looking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, video seven is um, I want to, I want, I'm an author and I want to learn how to hire an illustrator. Mm-hmm. And was there an, I'm an author and I want to learn how to illustrate. Which one was that? That is video number five. Five. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's okay. Five. Yeah. So, um, Basically, there, you know, like in video number two, I'm mostly talking about like, look, and that's, that's the, uh, that's, you know, I want to publish for my family. You, what you really want to do probably is go to a vanity press, right? It's mm-hmm. a one-stop shop where they handle all the writing, all the editing. Um, they'll even hire an illustrator for you. Um, they'll do the graphic design. But there's some cautions that I put in there. Everything will be done poorly, <laughs> and it'll be it'll be expensive too, right? I mean, re- yeah, relatively to what you get. Yes, per, your per book costs could be quite high, but cheaper than and more efficient than printing a thousand books. Like, let's say you wanted fifty books. I don't really know how much they would cost per book, but I could see them costing twenty or thirty dollars a book, even. But that's mm-hmm. still cheaper than printing a thousand books with a traditional publisher. Right. Right. Yeah. Maybe they're only ten, fifteen dollars a book. But um that that would be my advice. And I think a lot of people fall into that category. Um or they think that because they found you as the illustrator, that in some magical way you will be their um there's their liaison or segue into mm. getting a book published and put in the bookstores. Cause mm-hmm. they, I, get that a lot. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and then like, yeah, we're not magical. We And we can't yeah. get people and put people in touch with our editors and art directors. I get right. that question a lot. Hey, can you just give me the name yeah, or just, introduce into an email out with both of us CC'd on it? That kind of right. thing. I'm not doing that. Right. So that's, that's the, that's video number two. Video number three is, um, you know, I, I talk about, okay, what are the costs of, if you're going to do this on your own and you're going to go to a printer, 
and you're going to you you want to hire the illustrator you're going to also really need to hire an editor because editing for uh children's books is different than just grammar there's a lot of considerations for moving the story along in a quick you know in only 32 pages word counts um the you know the kinds of words that you would actually use in a in a children's book Mm-hmm. Um, adult language versus, you know, more, I don't There's just things that, uh, children's book editors know that, that, uh, most, I would imagine most, um, editors for adult editorial content wouldn't. So hiring somebody that really knows what they're doing and hiring a good graphic designer and then having a good marketing plan. And I discussed the, the fees involved and how much you could actually end up paying. Did you talk um, about coming up with content? So this is this is for somebody who's writing and illustrating their own book, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So did you talk about like cliche content? What what would you say is the three most cliche stories that you guys hear from from new illustrators? Uh, there's monsters in under the bed. Monsters under the bed. That's number one <laughs> for sure. If you have a monsters under the bed story, throw that one away and start <laughs> on something else because it is it never fails. That that's one of the first ones. Okay, what else? Uh, a lost pet or a lost dog. Uh-huh. Right? Yep, yep, yep. That comes up a ton. That comes and, up a ton. Before I the, lose my train of thought, let me just get add oh, this ahead. one that I see a lot of adults writing and that kids do not care about. So if you have mm-hmm. this story, you got to throw it away. It's the kid who works too much and needs to play more. That's an adult concern. Kids do not have that problem. No, it's so funny. I see. I've seen that story a bunch from adults. I'm like, you don't understand. There's kids don't do this. This is not a problem for them. Right, right. There's the the story that I'll read. Go, go ahead. You have some, Jake. Oh, then the other one is um, a stuffed animal comes to life or Mm -hmm. something like that. The Chucky genre. (laughs) The 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 one that that sticks in my mind from a very famous, um, author, like, like I'm talking, like you walk through the bookstore and you see this, you've seen this author in the romance area, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to name names because it's not my story. It came from Rick Walton, who's passed away. Um, and he, um, he actually talked to her and she had this manuscript that was, really 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 funny because it was basically as a grandmother she wrote she decided to write a children's book now she's a very 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 famous published novelist right Mm -hmm. but she took her stab at writing a children's book and you could tell exactly what happened in her life it was this kid he's having a great day he's playing in the backyard everything's safe and he's doing good things back there and you know, he swings on the swing and he, he, you know, plays with the ball. And then he goes in the front yard and, oh, the ball goes out in the street. And he runs out in the street and the cars screech and squeal and everything. And, and then she goes into this lecture of, you should never go out into the street. And, <laughs> and you know, like, <laughs> and I mean, I, I've read this manuscript and it is hilarious. And, and kids that go out in, in streets can die. And, and if they oh die, they'll, they'll never be alive again. And then grandma can't ever have them again. And it was like, oh, it was like yeah. this cautionary tale for her grandchildren, grandchild or something. And 
anyway, so yeah, there's there's definitely things that um, work in a children's book and things that just don't. And um, like you could do that story so many different ways, right? Without it being a lecture, yeah. Right. That's the like, big thing is the parents try to, to try to almost over the lecture or kind of tell kids how to live their life. Right. It's it's a little heavy handed when you see those. Right. <laughs> but I could see it being, um, you know, if you wanted, if, if that was sort of the theme, you would you would go down like I could see a book being published an actually like legitimate book where it was like so far removed from that. But yet the theme was still there. Like, well, David Shannon, um, a bad case of stripes yeah mm-hmm. is a book no exactly David. like that super creative yeah. way of telling people hey it's okay to eat healthy foods or like eat eat the good foods too not just the desserts but it's done in such a good way mm-hmm. that um you know it's an interesting story it's fun to read exactly yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so um i'm just kind of hitting the highlights from each one of these but basically that's that's uh yeah that's video number three is is um you know, the costs and, and the considerations for making your own book. Uh, four is, is I want to, you know, get published by a, a national publisher. And I talk a lot about, um, you know, how to um, submit your writing and um, how to basically find an agent. Um, and I talk a little bit about the history of um, publishing recently, where in 2008, 9, 10, a lot of editors were laid off um, at the big publishing houses because we were going through this, you know, real economic downturn. Mm-hmm. And and that even as we kind of came out of that, the, they didn't really replace them all. They're really relying on um, agents to do a lot of the sifting through manuscripts. So instead of sending your manuscript directly to a publisher that – probably won't read it probably doesn't have if it's unsolicited if you if they didn't ask you to send it in they probably Mm -hmm. don't have time to read it it goes in what they call the slush pile that um they will often because they have relationships with agents they will often call up an agent and say hey do you have a book on bullying um we need it we're hoping that the protagonist is a girl you know, or a boy or whatever their specifications are, but they will actually look for specific content and they will use the knowledge and expertise of the agents to, to find manuscripts. So the gatekeeping has shifted more towards agents than ever before. So having an agent is almost, I mean, it's paramount. I would, I would imagine right now. That's what I've been told by editors. Um, well, I mean, you can understand why too, is that, you know, if, if, if an agent is submitting something, that means they've, the artist has been vetted, that they're not mm-hmm. just going to be a waste of time. They obviously know how to work. They're making it their career. Um, it's not just somebody who just might have done a, a pretty piece of artwork once or twice. Mm-hmm. So it saves yeah. editors and art directors a massive amount of time when they're getting, you know, thousands of submissions. There has to be one way to cut that submission pile in half. And that's the way. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So the question then comes, how do I get an agent? Like, it's the, it's right. the same process, though. I get that question a lot, though. It's the same process as getting a publisher. The work has to be the exact same level. 
Mm-hmm. Um, agents can be super picky. Um, the one difference though, between an agent and a publisher in terms of submissions is sometimes you can be a little bit more raw and they will see the natural talent mm. and mm-hmm. be willing to kind of foster you along and help you, help you, um, get settled, you know, figure out the artwork right. and, and whatever publisher will not do that. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it used to be, I mean, you could, you could probably, you have to be a certain level with the publisher, but there are publishers that like to foster a long-term relationship with, with an illustrator. I mean, we just talked to Samantha Cotterill, uh, that episode will drop in the future, but she's on like book, I don't know, book four or five or six with the same publisher. And, Do you guys uh, have that relationship? Cause I haven't, I haven't found that to be true in my career, but I know other people have. Mm-hmm. Um, for the, for a series, like, Hey, this book did well. Let's do another book like this, that sort of thing. But, um, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't particularly found that as well too. And I even noticed like big names like Dan Santat, he'll still, I think he comes back to Roaring Brook for like mm-hmm. his writer illustrator ones, but then he's illustrating for any publisher, uh, who, who has a good, you know, a good story with an author. Mm-hmm. And who's the guy that was publishing, um, they published creepy characters. Peter Brown. Peter Brown, right. Yeah. So he, I noticed his books are all from Little Brown, right? So there's illustrators out there who get there, but you're not going to get there until you've proven yourself on some level. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, there's like this, there's this ladder, right, where it's right. put together a portfolio of work, pitch it to agents, mm-hmm. agents take it to publishers, publishers fill you out like how do we want to do, do we like working for you deal and a book maybe does really successful with one let's do this again so mm-hmm. it's really like long-term thinking but well and uh, with that long-term thinking mm-hmm. a big problem and one of the you know as i was making this video series i kept i had my phone and i would just put bullet points in my notes to yeah. just when I, when an idea would pop in of like oh yeah that's right they they don't know this they don't know that they one of the common things that happens when people go to SCBWI conferences, you know, they're, they're first time, they're a, a wannabe first time author, right? Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before on this podcast. They've written one story, right? Yeah. And they want to be discovered and they want to be represented perhaps by an agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so they, they're they're hopeful to get into the business, but they they've only sort of written one story. Mm-hmm. And in, in video four, I talk about that, and I say, you know, that there's no agent or publisher that's going to want to publish you if you don't have a body of work. Mm-hmm. Because e- even if it's a success, they want your next book. Right. But if you're not working on your next book, mm-hmm. or you know, and and so there's just this thing where. Um, if you're, if you, and that's why video four is, I want to make a career out of writing. And it's, 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 if you have one book, you're not, um, going to be interesting to an agent. Well, just look at like, name me one person who has had done a, I won't say, give me a list of people who have written one book, had it be successful (laughs) enough that it could, you know, give them whatever they need to have a career and, uh, and, and tell me how that, you know, 
tell me tell me that list of people. It's, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> <laughs> J.K. Rowling. It's it's on one hand. It's yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it really is not a normal like mm-hmm. thing to do. Whereas, that you've hidden that you've hidden your genius, and you've just unleashed it all in one book. Right, right, and even like I want to say Harper Lee, who did To Kill a Mockingbird, like she was rolling with. Truman Capote. Like well, they, she was rolling with these, these speculation writers. is that Truman Capote wrote it. I mean, that's to me, that's way more plausible. Yeah, I don't I I have I have no horse in that race and I haven't researched it, but <laughs> still. Yeah. So yeah, you maybe you're you're hanging out with really talented authors that can write your stuff for you. That's another viable option for you as a, a creator. I'm just kidding. You guys are like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Starting to consider it like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Why didn't I? If I, if I, you know, if I, if I wanted to be that one hit wonder and that was okay, Mm -hmm. I would just write a book called Skull Chaser. Well, now that would be stealing. (laughs) Really? Because I don't know of a Skull Chaser that's been published. Oh, that's well, true. You're, you're hurting my feelings. <laughs> that is true. There is no skull chaser. If I go to Amazon, there is no skull chaser. Yet. Yet. <laughs> and hopefully someone listening to this a year from now is like, these guys don't know what they're talking about. I can order skull chaser right here. Okay. So I'm ho- I can only hope. Right. So let's get down to like brass tacks. Mm-hmm. You are a person who has some illustrating chops or at least mm-hmm. a strong desire to illustrate. How are you going to get into this? How are you going to make this a viable career for you? What are your steps? Um, so the, that's, you're talking about, um, you're talking about video number six, mm-hmm. right? So I'm an artist and I want to learn how to illustrate children's books and work for major publishers. And so, um, First, you have to have great work. How do you get mm-hmm. there? Mm-hmm. You either went to a good school, good art school, or you um, you took lessons online like our school, svslearn.com, mm-hmm. or you um, are self-taught, which is, I mean, you're basically self-taught, right, Jake? Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, that's such a loaded term. I, it's right. not like I was on an island with right. charcoal and, and paper and just was like, I've discovered perspective. Everybody, <laughs> I created perspective. No. But yep. but formal education, you know, it, I, I learned a lot on the job and from other artists and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It, it's a, it's um, a long pursuit to pick up the, the chops that you need or the, mm-hmm. the portfolio that you need to be able to attract an art director to risk the tens and tens of thousands of dollars it takes to produce a children's book when you factor in all of their operational costs at the publisher, the printing costs, the distribution costs, the illustrator costs, the author costs, the graphic, you know, everything. Um, And so you are basically, you have to get your portfolio in in a space where you can have them say, we can't afford not to use this illustrator. This is mm-hmm. the perfect illustrator for the job. Um, yeah. And, you know, and then going to conferences like SEBWI, 
um, writing for young readers, conferences like that, where you start to immerse yourself in the world and you start to pick up on things that um, you put in your tool bag of of um, things that you want to do to make your artwork fit in, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then you, you seek out an agent, perhaps it's not 100 percent necessary or, you know, an agent or a rep for your art. Um, and, uh, this might be a good time to plug children's book pro Mm -hmm. because I mean, to toot our own horn, we came up with the three of us came up with what I'm calling the most comprehensive children's book illustration class in the world, brick and mortar or online. Um, we basically, I mean, it is, it's a 10 week course, but it's, you can do it in 10 weeks, but you'll, if you're really trying to hone your craft you'll go through it multiple times, you know? Yeah. Um, with multiple projects, you don't have to go through the whole thing each time, but you have to basically continue working on your portfolio using all the principles that we teach in that class. Mm -hmm. Um, that the, the 10 week course there, it, um, it is such, this is the thing I wish that I had like, Mm -hmm starting out because because a you're learning from three different you know working illustrators not just three illustrators who worked on children's books like 10 years ago and now they're coming out of retirement to make a class not three different illustrators who like can't get you know work doing illustration it's current working illustrators who um who currently have, you know, either have just published a book or are publishing books and who know what this, essentially what these steps are to creating a children's book. Like, are you going to, one of the things that people do oftentimes is they're like, okay, I've got it. I've got this idea. I want to illustrate this children's book. Uh, okay. Let's do page number one. Let's start drawing this illustration. And it's, it's such a um, awkward way to go about doing a children's book. You got to have a plan. You've got to break down, you know, what what is the theme of the children's book, and what visually can you can you do to express that theme? Mm-hmm. You know, what do your characters look like, and how do your characters um, compare and contrast to each other? And this is this this course, like we break all of that down, like. I think one of the most valuable things in it is a the the map where we show start to finish all hundred points of a hundred steps from you've got a, a, a illustration you, you know you land even before you land the job to the book getting published right and everything mm-hmm. in between but also the children's book uh, breakdown where you read the manuscript and you start breaking it down okay what do I want the first image to be? What do I want the closing image to be? What time period does it take place? What location, you know, what's the weather like? Because mm-hmm. all those play into factor, you know, if you have, um, you can use sunshine or clouds or rain to like uh, mirror what or contrast what your character's feeling. All of these things play into it. You're not just illustrating, you know, you're just not just drawing a picture. You're like telling a story with the art. And I think that's why why the people who have taken this are like, oh my gosh, this is you guys have completely opened me up to stuff I didn't know was 
was required or even possible mm-hmm. with uh, with illustration. It was so fun making that class, and it's yeah. it's it's so. It rewarding wasn't intentional that we were going to go that deep either in making that class, but once we got into it and started looking around, there's not really much for people. There's not much out there for people to use who want to be um, narrative illustrators in mm-hmm. terms of taking a class. There's just we. I mean, most of the time they go in, like some of the other schools that we saw, it'd be like a like a two hour class on being a children's book illustrator, mm-hmm. like cumulative yeah. amount of time they're talking about it. Okay, go illustrate your book after two hours, and so <laughs> yeah, or like there there might be a thing on Skillshare where it's like you know a six hour thing. Right. Here's my create a character of how a- I made my children's book. That's how they right. made their children's book. Like, right? You know, it's it's uh, it's it's like sharing a um, you know a recipe for making one kind of cookie, as mm-hmm. opposed to here's how fats work, here's how heat works, here's right. how salts. Right. You know, here's how yeah. oils. So you can work. design your own so cookie. You can, yeah, like, I mean, we talk about pacing. Like, how how do you? I've never seen this topic in in a children's book class, but how do you? Um, speed up, like if like if you want the the reader to or the viewer to to go through a certain section fast, or to make the pace seem more hectic, or 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 you know more's on the line, or how do you slow down a pace if you want people to slow down and pay attention to an illustration that might be a more somber moment or a sad moment? Those are not in normal books. You know what I mean? How yeah. to change the pace because that's part of it is like when, when you're reading one of my books, I want you to slow down on this image. I want this image to seem fast. Like you're racing. I want you to go through these things with my mm-hmm. character. Um, and we talk about that and then, and then like Will and Jake do it in a totally different way than I do. And so we, you know, we had to kind of, it was just super cool to film all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause I thought, well, this is the way to do it. And then Jake does the same thing, but a totally different way. And then Will does the same thing. And um, that's where we started to really see like, oh man, this is pretty big. And that's why we can say that it's the best one out there. If anybody finds a better class on children's book illustration, I, I, I challenge we you to find know. it. We want to know about it. But so yeah. far, we've been saying this for quite a while and we haven't found one bigger. Um, so I want to spend time, the, the remaining time, unless you guys have anything more on the last video. Mm-hmm. Which is which is number seven, which is took the longest. This is the most um, information they put out there, but it's basically like everyone everyone tries to hire us wrong, the wrong way. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking about you know um, amateur authors, mm-hmm. um, and so one of the things I started with in that video, I won't go through all this, but I, but one of the things was um, I said. When I get an email from an author saying, hey, I think you're perfect for my book. Will you or just will you illustrate my book? I said, here are the things, the red flags that are going up. This is what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of you. I'm afraid of you because you're unproven. And I don't know if you can make a great book. Um, I don't know if you'll pay me in the end. Right. Mm -hmm. You're in another state. You know. It's that, that classic thing of artwork, money, handing it right. off, you know. Right. Um, I don't think I don't think that you'll have a contract to work with or even know what would be in a typical publishing artist publisher agreement. Um, I worry that you will make art direction art directing decisions without knowing how to art direct. Mm-hmm. For instance, you'll want me to make 
the the kids look like your grandkids. And that's happened a bunch of times to me. <laughs> right. Um, I worry that you won't see the project through and that my work will never be printed. Uh, I worry that you don't have a way to distribute the book when finished. I worry that you won't work with a graphic designer, that you won't have it properly edited, um, that, that all my time will be wasted on a project that no one will see and that I can't put in my portfolio because you've art directed it to death. Mm. You know, you've made mm -hmm. decisions that I just can't wait to get through it. And then I, I talk a lot about how you may be successful and you know, I'm going to, I'm going to read this letter that I wrote to, I, I gave a sample letter and I said, you, you know, you may be successful in getting a young out of the gates illustrator to say yes to really bad terms. But what you're going to get is an illustrator who's not happy and who wishes that they had said no to the project and who might even, might even quit in the middle of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, I worked with someone one time who, um, actually, I didn't work with this person. I know this person who hired two illustrators to work on her book. Mm -hmm. The first one quit, and then the second one quit. And she's <laughs> she's telling me, I can't figure out why they quit. This is actually one of the reasons why I made this video series as well. Yeah. <laughs> and she may watch this, you know. Um, she probably won't listen to this podcast, but she'll know that I'm talking to her in that video series, you know. Yeah. Um, cause I talked about that in there and she, she has no, literally no idea why they quit on her. Mm -hmm. Like do illustrators just, she's asking me, do illustrators just quit sometimes? And I'm like, not if they're paid well enough and not if they have creative freedom, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. it's, it's, it's one or both of those things. It's right. one or the other or both. If I'm not going to have creative freedom, it better, you know, it better be really worth worth mm -hmm. my time if 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 it's going to be a killer portfolio piece then i can you know justify not spending as much uh mm -hmm. you know not not making as much money on it right um i think what you're asking here will because this is this is not a problem that happens very much in other professions but i think mm -hmm. you're asking here is just a, a pleading on behalf of all illustrators to treat this a little bit more professionally this mm -hmm. this to treat this profession with with kind of the respect that that comes with with other professions that you're not just because you really enjoy it and you love doing it and and you grew up doing it doesn't mean that it's a hobby you know yeah. it, it doesn't mean that it's like a thing you do you're doing for fun necessarily mm -hmm. but that it really is uh you know a livelihood and a legitimate way to to have a, li a livelihood um and also you're like you're creating culture uh mm -hmm. you're part of the conversation that's happening mm -hmm. and that's something that should be taken serious and um and and i guess a public service announcement to people wanting to help create culture that it is something that needs to needs to be done on a on a more professional and serious level you know like think about the 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 profession of architecture okay you know um my i have this great idea for a house it's it'd be such a cool you know and it's, it'd be the perfect thing for my family to live in um 
listen, I've got the idea for the house. Can you just like figure out, like, you know, can you help me get it made? Mm-hmm. And they're going to be like, well, okay, yeah, we've got a house job here. Okay, here's my terms, my conditions, you know, mm-hmm. here's the contract, let's draw this up, let's, you know, like, you don't just randomly ask someone you go to church with to help you build a house, right. like, you go right. down the, the professional path. And, and, uh, and I think we, we need to elevate um, illustration to that, to that level in the minds of, of our society. Yeah. Yeah, this I do is want to a, add that we have a, gotten some feedback based on your example there that, you know, so we sometimes use like con general contractors and stuff as our example. And I saw some feedback on our, um, on our forum at SVS that like, Hey, my husband's a contractor and they get these questions all the time too. Hey, will you put in some free cabinets? <laughs> so I do want to acknowledge that this actually does happen in other professions. too. Uh-huh. We should treat yeah. them professionally as well. Don't ask people to right. do stuff for free. Right. Yeah, this was a big educational. I mean, that's that's the that's what it really is. It's an educational effort um, where people just. I think they think that if I were to to poll some of these people, I'll bet you they would think that it takes us a week, maybe a week, to illustrate mm-hmm. a book. Well, with computers now, you just you just you hit the button. make it cool key. Yeah. On the on the keyboard and uh, and boom, you know. There's yeah. a program called Illustrator. Doesn't that like do <laughs> half the work for you? <laughs> I think there's another weird kind of misconception that, and this is a really odd one. I'd need to really dive into it to figure out why they think this, but because you're enjoying yourself and you picked this career because mm-hmm. you're good at something that it doesn't equate to a, a value. Like the, like our value isn't just like, Hey, I just like drawing. And as long as I got something to draw, I'm happy. So I'll draw your book. You don't even need to pay mm-hmm. me. I'm just happy because I'm drawing. Mm-hmm. And you, so you shouldn't be penalized because I like what I do. I shouldn't be penalized for it financially. Yeah. Right. I actually have someone at church asked me if I would design the exterior of their video game cabinet that they made for like their, you know, people make, will make arcade games like mm-hmm. as a, as a home project or whatever. And mm-hmm. they'll put in, you know, the screen and the game system inside there. And it's, it's like a cool, I'm actually want to do that myself, but they're like, Hey, we're, you know, saw your art do you think you'd be great for this would you be willing to like design um the side and maybe make the family members like characters from video games like (laughs) make my son mario and make me donkey kong and stuff like that and that sounds like a really fun project but i i had to say no because i'm like a you know, this is this would probably take me a couple of weeks to to do a, a good job on it. You know, uh, to make it look like a video game cabinet, like like the exterior of it. And unless you're rolling in it more than you know <laughs> than your your average like neighbor of mine, it's going to cost you. Like, it's going to be a significant. It's going to cost you more than like everything that you put into this this thing so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order for me to justify the time working on it. And, and I felt bad because I keep thinking like, oh, maybe I should just do it for like, you know, out of kindness and friendness because it, it would be fun to do. But at the same time, it's the opportunity cost. So now I'm yeah. working on this game cabinet and I've said no to like two Disney projects, you know, right. in the meantime. Yeah. I just designed a house for a friend and it was it took a lot more time than I thought it would. I, I, even after all this time and us talking about, oh, we don't do this stuff, I went ahead and I said yes to it. It took me forever. Mm-hmm. 
to figure mm-hmm. out how to do it. I just designed the floor plan, like how everything lays out the walls and stuff oh, yeah. where all the rooms are. Wow. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> it was a lot. I was cool to do it. And I was glad it's one of my best friends, so I don't mind it, but man, right. just be yeah, careful. in that, in that sense, in doing something like that, you'd rather do it for almost for free mm-hmm. because you I did it. I did it for free. Yeah. You can't possibly charge what your time is worth. You feel weird. You feel weird like charging. Yeah. And then it messes it messes with the relationship to some extent. Be like, hey, buddy, can you like, I kind of need two grand for all the work that I put in. That that's not going to go over well. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, boy. well, anyway, so the last the last thing I wanted to go through was this letter, and this is in that last video I go through like coaching, like, well, educating, like all the little things. Like, mm-hmm. did you know that it takes illustrators about this amount of time? Did mm-hmm. you know how royalties work? I give a little, you know, and I advise them, like, don't pay royalties. Don't offer royalties to illustrators. You're not set up for it. You're not set up for the rest of your life to send them a <laughs> statement every six months. My advice right. would be tell, tell them you know how royalties work, but in this case, it's going to be a flat fee for these reasons, mm-hmm. and you might have to pay a little more. But anyway, I gave him a sample letter, and this is actually in the show notes um, in the description on the YouTube video. So it could be copied and pasted and modified. But I say, I am a first-time author. This is an author trying to hire an illustrator, right? Mm-hmm. So I am a first-time author or second or third or whatever you are, and I love your style. So you're going to hear notes from this whole podcast in here, right? Mm-hmm. I've been searching for an illustrator for the right one. And I think your work would be perfect for my story. Mm-hmm. I have researched how to work with an illustrator. And if we can work out an agreement, I will use a contract that works for both of us. I'm not an art director, but I'll be hiring a graphic designer. Pop up on my notification on my phone. <laughs> there it goes again. Lee. It's me. <laughs> He's texting you right now. Yeah. yeah what the heck? <laughs> Um, You're texting us the floor plants to the... I did, just so you can wow. see. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, Will. Uh, I'm not an art director. You couldn't have planned that any better. <laughs> I'm not an art director, but I'll be hiring a graphic designer or working with a vanity press that will handle the graphic design work. I'll also hire an editor who understands how to edit specifically for, for children's picture books um, or working with the vanity press. Uh, the only creative input I will give you is if I see that you might not have understood the story from looking at your sketches, or if you omitted items of storytelling necessary to visually tell the story. I will not try to get you to make the characters look like my grandkids. I mean, like, this Mm -hmm. is the letter that I want to read, right? If I'm ever going to consider working with someone on a self-published book. Mm -hmm. I understand that I am hiring you for your artistic interpretation of my story. I cannot offer you a royalty on each book because as an individual... I don't have the software and knowledge to pay out regular royalty payments, yada, yada, yada. I do have a budget to work with. And if it works for you, I can pay you one third on completion of rough rough sketches, one third on completion of final sketches, and one third on completion and delivery of final artwork. And then here's optional. um, If you want to sign an NDA, I'll send you my manuscript for consideration. Uh, I didn't talk a lot about that, but... um, for authors, a lot of them are really hesitant to send their story in, you know, mm-hmm. um, without, they, they don't even want to sometimes 
tell the send the they're like I don't even want to give the illustrator my story ever and I'm like well, they're going to kind of need it to illustrate the book you know well can i just tell them about what it's about you know they're just so paranoid that someone's going to steal their their book Mm -hmm. anyway to finish it up i hope you like my story and want to illustrate it you can contact me at and i i i now i suggested in here that they i am them that they look for them on instagram and that they jake is about to dig into a piece of cake right now if you're on youtube Mm -hmm. you can see this that's not Um, fair it's totally not fair but I would look for an illustrator on Instagram. They're all there. All the good illustrators are there. All the, 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 the beginning, you know, the good, mm-hmm. the fair, the good, the great, and the amazing illustrators, they're all there. Yeah. And I would IM them and this message, this letter, and then give them my email. And then, and then I give advice that we don't have to go into here on, on paying them a flat fee. And, you know, I say, and I'd like to actually, I'd like to get your guys' take on this. I suggested that, um, you know, you can, you can hire an illustrator for a thousand dollars, but at that amount of money, you're probably going to run into problems where an illustrator said yes, but is going to give you substandard work because they just can't spend the time necessary at a thousand dollars to give you mm-hmm. what you actually really want. Um, and that the, my minimum was about $3,000. Um, and, and that is for, you know, a, probably like a student, um, a, a really good graduating student, you know, offer them yeah. 3000 but have a budget of like 5000 so that you can go up if they ask for more. Mm-hmm. Do you, what, what do you guys think is, as far as that? Um, it Like, it depends on the style that you're going to, Right. Be doing it at because you could easily, you know, if it's a hour per drawing, then yeah, that's a good that's a good rate. You know, if it's two hours per drawing, maybe that mm-hmm. that works. But if you're spending like two or three days or a week per illustration per spread, mm-hmm. um, that does not add up. You're better off, you know, getting a, a fast food job. Right. 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 You know, I said I said you. You really should try to have a budget. I mean, if you really want a good children's book, having more is better. Seven or ten thousand dollars is mm-hmm. is going to really make you're, you're going to up your, the the amount of illustrators that will mm-hmm. the quality level of illustrators that will say yes to a project like yeah. that. Um, and we'll add that if you're going to hire a student, it needs to be a, a little asterisk next to that. It needs to be a recent grad, mm-hmm. because one thing that students have just across the board in terms of what I've seen as a teacher with so many students is that uh, uh, not understanding exactly how much time they have available to do something. So I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of my students take on an outside project, like a mm-hmm. author book or whatever, a video game concept design or whatever. And then they end up get up jammed up because all their classes are requiring them to do all this work and mm-hmm. they don't have time for the extracurricular project. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but the, but the recent grad is the, optimum person if you can get them because they don't mm-hmm. have a ton of projects going and they don't have a ton of classes going. How would you find a recent grad? I would contact the schools in your area. If there is a, uh, a school that's dedicated to illustration, has illustration as a major, they typically, there's always like a job resource person at a school and they are 
dying to get illustrators jobs because typically they can't. It's always like graphic designers Mm -hmm. get those kind of jobs all the time. Like a a firm will need a junior production person. And then the staffing person from the college lines them up and they get Mm -hmm. a little check mark because they help that person get a job. That is their job to to help people get jobs. And the illustrators always bring down their numbers. So they'll be happy to hook you up with an illustrator because then they can check it off and look like they're doing better at their job. Right. We have not created a, a resource with SVS or with Children's Book Pro, but I mean, we have some of the best people that might be interested in illustrating for other people. Yeah, we should make a SVS Learn job board. The, 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 the that hesi- is a fantastic idea. Yeah. yeah. The hesitancy has been, for me, has been, you know, some people offer really bad. I mean, some people will say, you know, here's a thousand dollars, and they'll they'll get in there and they'll do all they'll make all the mistakes, and they'll you know, and I don't I don't want to have anything to do with helping put those two people together, you know. There's some <laughs> liability maybe. So there too. so um, we need a buyer beware job board mm-hmm. on SBS where it's like we yes this is here but we don't. We, we need a really heavy disclaimer or something. <laughs> we need to make a thing called, instead of Fiverr, 5000 er Every job base is $5,000. <laughs> yeah, we're having a, a business meeting right now, but you guys can just listen in. <laughs> yeah. I like this idea. This is, it this actually business, works pretty well. Because some, of, some of the people that have gone through our program are amazing. And then they get repped and they go on to do all this commercial work. And we actually had them first. Like right. we could actually place yeah. them first. Yeah. We should, we should be become agents. Percentage that, of every yeah. job. We should be agents. That's what I, all I'm saying is we should be agents at this point because we could spot the talent. Man, there's a couple people that have come through, especially some people that were in my book cover illustration class where when they turned in their first sketches, I was like, oh my gosh, you're better than I am already. Like I don't. Yeah. <laughs> and critique <laughs> arena too. Like every critique arena we do, there's usually the winner is like, ready to go for pro. sure a pro level yeah 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 you know it's true yeah all right so anyway that's my video yeah that's my video series and i hope it helps people out there to be able to send it out and uh when they feel like someone needs a little education in this field yeah we mentioned earlier children's book pro so go to childrensbookpro.com to sign up for that that course we're running it again like at the time this episode drops we are running it like right now so this is a chance to get in on it otherwise you're gonna have to wait another six when, months when does, or when like does this one come out this comes out next week oh Never wow mind. quick yeah. okay well, so we're doing listening it came out today yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but us. we run we run we've run children's book pro this will be the third time yeah in over a year so yeah two or three times a year we do this should we announce that we're actually taking on a few live students that's the first time we've ever done that yeah so no we shouldn't you... announce that <laughs> well, whatever. there's five people <laughs> we're taking five students each me will and jake to go through this program mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes it's a it's a it's a test run mm-hmm. to yeah. see if it's better instructed so go to Children's Book Pro, get on the, the email list there. You'll get emails as soon as that link goes live for signing up for the class. Thank you for joining us today, everybody. Uh, Three Point Perspective is brought to you by, or is made possible by, svslearn.com. 
where becoming a great illustrator starts. And your hosts today have been Will Terry, Lee White, and I'm Jake Parker. You can find Will Terry at willterry.com and at willterryart on Instagram. You can find Lee White at leewhiteillustration.com and at leewhiteillo on Instagram. And you can find me at mrjakeparker.com and at jakeparker on Instagram. Podcast produced by Daniel Tu. That's danieltu.co. Go find him there at daniel2.co. Special thanks to Master of Production, David Bro, Keeper of the Curriculum, Austin Shirtliff, Chief Operations Officer, Lisa Fott, and a thank you to Lily Howell for our show notes. Now, go draw something. We've been getting through the Mandalorian, like almost mm-hmm. all the way through, and uh, fun. I like it. I like the you know kind of it's simple. Wait until you come to, over to, to Boba follow. Fett. Like, no, I've heard some <laughs> negative things there. But here's my biggest problem with it: that just mm-hmm. is sad is I feel like I'm on the back lot. Like I'm, you know, like like I can just see. It's just it's just cheap, cheaply made. It looks like a set, like, in other words. Yeah. Is that what you're it saying? It feels, feels cheaply made. Because it's not on location. You yeah. know that they've, they have revolutionized um, like special effects with that show. Like there's before The Mandalorian and there's after The Mandalorian. It's like how, how, to, how to save a lot of money and making it look pretty good. Yeah. I got to say, looks, they, they, they have to stay away from those characters playing instruments at the bar. <laughs> Those are not the so greatest characters, that, especially that elephant-looking thing. <laughs> well, yeah, those types of things—that's that appeals to like diehard Star Wars four-year-olds. So, I remember so it they, from the original Star Wars. I mean, I yeah. remember the mm-hmm. creature canteen, but uh, the elephant. Like when once they shoot <coughs> to the band, you're just like, mm-hmm. wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rebo, it's almost the blue, like the blue Jim, elephant guy. What's his name? Max Rebo. You don't you don't know it, the names of the the band members from the cantina. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually from Jabba's Palace, but anyways, we're not splitting here. He here. looks he looks so he I expect Jim Henson to walk out any second when he's there. Like he looks like a muppet. Okay, don't don't worry about that. I can't get past it. The the reason <laughs> you're watching it though is because it's compelling on some level. Right, Will? Mm, yeah. I will say this, if this and, goes into our live banter, and Will, Will hasn't seen The Mandalorian, this is just a little side note, ready for you? No, he hasn't spoilers. seen Book of Boba Fett. I haven't seen I mean, Boba I mean, Fett. sorry, sorry, Boba Fett, that's what I meant, that <laughs> me and Jake had this conversation last week. They wrote Boba Fett basically off of the Boba Fett show. Like, the last two episodes do not contain Boba Fett. So I, I've had some more thoughts about that. And then we should probably get into the, the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but one, before you say that, I got to say this. Yeah. Okay. Werner Herzog being a villain. Who saw that yeah. coming? I mean, I know he's been a villain in other movies, but... But who saw that? How do you go from... Star Wars? How do you go from documentaries to, hey, I'm now I'm this really scary villain? Because he's got an amazing voice and presence. Uh-huh. And who is this? Werner Herzog. Yeah. <laughs> Show me the child. However, he talks. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was Jake, everybody, just to let you know who's listening. You could also so here, hear him say, think. 
here's what I think is going on in in Luke, at Lucasfilm. Okay, you've got um, you've got the the guys, the the creator dudes who are making this, uh, Dave Filoni and um, what's his name, Happy from um, from Iron Man. Why can't I remember his name? The you know the actor um, who plays Happy in Iron Man. Yeah, I'm I don't know who that is. Favreau. His name. John Favreau. John oh Favreau. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so he's a director, it, right? right? He's yeah. a writer director guy. Yeah. And so these two guys are like mega Star Wars fan nerd people. Um, and 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 Filoni actually was trained by Lucas himself, so he knows Star Wars back and forth. Mm. Okay, so they're sort of given you guys we're over here making the movies you two go work on star wars tv see what you can do over there mm-hmm. all right so they're coming up with this big plan essentially of how how what's the mandalorian what's going to be well we need to bring in boba fett at some point let's save him for like season two let's let's just focus on mando and and whatever he's doing in season one let's bring him in on season two and then in season three we could have I, I assume this is what happened. They're writing it and they're realizing, oh my gosh, so much of season three is about Boba Fett and not so much Mandalorian. You know, this is kind of weird that we're just going to like not show the Mandalorian for several episodes. And so they're like, ha, let's do like a mini season in between these seasons and call it Book of Boba Fett. So what I think we're going to get here, and I haven't seen the, the last episode yet. This is We're recording this on the day of the last episode coming out. Mm-hmm. What I think is going to happen is um, Mandalorian Season 3 is going to have a bunch of Boba Fett in it, um, just as uh, Book of Boba Fett has a bunch of Mandalorian in it, and that these two things are kind of really intertwined right so that's that's where i'm at there also i know i i've really warmed up to this show at first i was kind of critical of book of boba fett but Mm. it's very layered it's very deep and symbolic and uh and i and i actually i love it i love where they're taking boba fett okay my take on it since we're predicting stuff is They had the first four episodes come out. The reviews were terrible. People were turning it off and they went to their more known properties by using Grogu and uh, Baby Yoda and Mandalorian. I don't think Lucasfilm can, is that nimble? I don't, I don't think so. Just saying, just saying, people are turning off. You get pretty nimble. Who saw Bill Burr as an actor on there? (laughs) They're they're really bringing in some some and then uh, Amy Sedaris is uh, is like the mechanic uh-huh. lady. Uh-huh. It's a lot of fun. But Bill the thing Burr I love has been about, in a few things. He's good. Yeah, he yeah, and I love Universal. him as a as a comic. But uh, I just didn't see him. I'm like, what? What's Bill Burr doing in there? The thing I love about um, Book of Boba Fett is. Everything that happens in it is has something to do with his like everything that happened is simple symbolic of his journey as a um, essentially a boy bred to be a warrior who then becomes a warrior who really has no no free agency in his life who now is becoming a leader 
who's taking charge and control of his life and essentially one by one stripping himself away of all these things that he's sort of built up and added to his life. I think his armor being symbolic of that. So in that first episode, you have three Tuscan Raiders that he deals with, a child, a warrior, and the leader of the clan. And they all represent different aspects in Boba Fett's life. Him as the child, you know, the, the clone born to Django. Mm-hmm. Him as the warrior. And then what he wants to be the the leader, um, you know, someone who has essentially ownership of their life and, and, you know, more control in their life. So there's some cool stuff happening there. Some nice subtext. It's a good show. Well, we're going to wow. continue on. <laughs> <laughs> It's led by Lily is is uh, taking the reins. I made her go through the office, so now she's making me go through a bunch of Disney stuff. So, oh, okay, that's why you're watching it. Good, good. Trying to okay. be a good husband. All right. <laughs> you guys, if you're gonna you're gonna talk Star Wars, I'm gonna talk Star Wars. <laughs> and and now you know. Now you know. Anyway. All you people on YouTube, I want people ragging on you. For telling these irrelevant stories, just like they ride on me. <laughs> these irrelevant stories. Listen, if you want a good YouTube channel to to watch to like supplement your Star Wars viewing, go watch Star Wars Explained, and that's what really like opened me up to like understanding Book of Boba Fett better, especially like the three Tuscan Raider characters and stuff. Really good stuff there. Anyways, 